You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation is a 2% for conservation certified business. And on August 21st, you can join other conservationists all over the world in supporting Community Conservation Day. It's a day for anyone to give their time and or dollars back to their local ecosystems and favorite conservation causes. For more information on how you can participate, visit fishandwildlife.org. You're listening to South Dakota Unlimited, the podcast for the average South Dakota sportsman, where we talk everything outdoors, hunting, fishing, trapping, conservation, and anything else that impacts you as a sportsman in the 605. Hosted by C.J. Peters. Now let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome back to South Dakota Unlimited. I hope everyone's spring is starting well as the weather starts to warm up. Hopefully you're out fishing, turkey hunting, hiking, mushroom hunting, whatever it is you like to do. I just hope you're getting outside and enjoying the beautiful weather that we're finally having. Uh, But today's episode is kind of a follow-up to the last episode we had about turkey hunting. Now that we're about three weeks into the season, I hope some of you have been successful or have even had the chance to get out and just enjoy the beautiful state of ours. Um, Today I bring on one of my old friends, Mr. John Mayrose, to talk about his turkey season so far, where he has found some great success with the three birds he's taken so far. John is an awesome guy and is an old friend. Uh, He is incredibly passionate about hunting and conservation, and it is just plain as day when you hear him talk about it. It just oozes out in his voice, and you can just hear him get excited. It's just fun to talk to him. And he's never short on words, so it's kind of fun to talk to him. So let's, we're just going to talk about um, his season so far, the three birds he shot, and uh, what kind of tat- tactics he's used, what decoy setups, what calling he's done, uh, the terrain types he's been hunting, and the thought process he's had behind each bird. Uh, and he's just a lucky guy, so some of the story's kind of funny just to hear how he stumbles upon things. Uh, he's always been that way, always seems to find luck when the odds are stacked against him. So it's fun to listen to him. Uh, so it'll be fun to hear his stories about it, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. He's just fun to listen to and you'll understand why why I keep saying that but real quick before we get started I just ask a favor from all of you if you had not done so yet please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts Spotify iTunes drop a comment let me know what you think uh, message me on Instagram Facebook head over to the Instagram Facebook page at South Dakota Unlimited give me a follow um, just tell me what you want to hear Tell me what I'm doing great. Tell me what I'm not doing so great. If there's anything in particular you want to hear, let me know. I will do my best to accommodate and make this a podcast that something you guys want to listen to. Um, So enough of that. Let's go ahead. Let's get started and get Mr. John Mayrose on the line. John Mayrose, how are you doing today, man? Good. How are you? Not too bad. How's uh, how's it been lately? What are you up to? Uh, I mean finishing up the semester of school and uh you know i've been turkey hunting like crazy as much as i can yeah you know. that time of year man oh yeah it's that time best time of year in my opinion <laughs> all right so let's let's go ahead and start off tell everybody who you are what you do and uh what's your passion man um so i'm john mayrose uh i must currently i'm a student finishing up school um and uh going for uh natural resource law enforcement, hope to be a CEO or work somewhere within a nonprofit in conservation or, or game fish parks. Um, and, uh, I mean, I hunt everything, especially in the state of South Dakota, I hunt and fish for everything. You know, I'm a big outdoorsman. So. Yeah. I can attest to that. I mean, we lived together, what, two years. I don't think I saw you most mornings. Three years, yeah. <laughs> most weekends, people go out. I was I was going out hunting or scouting. Yep, yeah. yep. 
So uh, what do you what do you got on the docket for this summer? We just got done talking about it a little bit. What's up? What do you got on the docket for this summer? I'm going to be a seasonal working for uh, Game Fish Parks doing the wildlife damage up in Webster. So, yeah. So that's a really cool job. Um, let's, why don't you just give everybody a brief summary of what you do? Cause I know we talked about it for like 15 minutes, but yeah, for the sake of time, go ahead and tell everybody. So especially during the summer, it's mostly work with geese. Um, I mean, there's beaver and coyote complaints too, but that's what my bosses usually will take care of. Um, but we'll get, you know, a landowner will call the office saying that they've got a lot of geese doing damage to their soybeans. So we go out there, you know, we get them a contract signed and, you know, we'll, we'll fence off like a little electric fencing around the slough and between slough and soybeans or corn or um, wheat or oats. And, you know, we'll try and keep the geese from going in and doing their damage. So it's a free yeah. service we provide. And I mean, and there's a lot of birds around that create a lot of damage. So trying yeah. to stay up on them and getting out there as soon as they call, because usually when they call, majority of the damage has been done so. yeah and you just told me earlier but how many acres can just get destroyed by I mean, these on if if farmer's not out there spraying the check or there's no agronomist out there checking and these geese can be out there for a week or two and not be disturbed i mean they can take depending on how many geese there is too they can take acres out that's I mean, insane places where i'd go and there'd be like four acres gone it's just, it looks like you didn't plan or it flooded out and they drowned the plant drown but uh, it's just the geese are mowing it down that's crazy never would imagine that that explains the early goose season now <laughs> and the thing is dude there's there's no like they can't turn that into insurance they don't get reimbursed for that really so, they're, wow. they're, so that's why a lot of times they're pretty they're fired up you know they're mm. not happy with the call <laughs> yeah i don't i wouldn't imagine so their livelihood just disappearing thanks to sky yeah. pandas yep yep Yep. So that's why they do some of that, that early takes and uh, whatnot on yeah. those years. So. That's a really cool job. I'm, I'm pretty jealous of that. Yeah. No, it's fun. You meet a lot of people. Yeah. Some are I'm sure you do the service, but some of them are real grateful. Though, so it makes you feel good. You know, yeah. I'm help. sure. Very rewarding work. Right. Um, so not only are you a student, you're also, also hunting fish pretty much 24 seven. Yeah. You pretty are. Yeah, much as you can. I know that. Uh, working for GFP this summer. Um, and then you also have something else cool that's really going on. Tell us about that. So, yeah, we have uh, me and my friend Nate. We have uh, this little, I don't know, it's not like, a, I don't know how you call it. It's just where we put all of our hunting and fishing stuff. And we call it Backwoods Redemption. And, you know, we have an Instagram and a Facebook and slowly getting into the YouTube. Um, because uh, we're all starting to learn how to film and it's not something you learn overnight you know you have to fill it out but I mean we started this I believe well I actually was part of his his program and then we found out there's a lot of people with that same name that he had before so we we rebranded a name and him and I rebranded a name and that is actually one of the toughest things to do it took us like two three months to find something that wasn't already taken on Facebook or any other social media platform. Yep. It was difficult. And we finally got this one. And I think it was the summer of 2019 is when we launched it. And I mean, we've been slowly growing. I mean, we don't have a huge following. We only have like 2,500 people follow us, but it's, uh, it's not something we do to like get rich off of. It's just something where we can mm -hmm. dump video, film dump, you know, our hunting yep. and fishing stuff or, or whatever it is we're doing. But I mean, it's starting to get a little bit bigger that uh, Nate, Nate's been doing a lot of the work. Um, and I told him, you know, as soon as I'm done with school and I have more free time, like I, I want to help out a lot more because, you know, we're in it together and we have a whole team of people that help bring in content and, you know, like taking time to edit the videos, you know, and then we're going to, we have a podcast, but we're kind of putting it on hold right now because of we got, what I'm working into is that we got a, a TV deal for two years. We signed our Nate signed a contract for two years for that. And, uh, I think I'm pretty sure we're launching it this summer. Like I've been, it's, it's finals week. So I've been really focusing on the schoolwork. So I haven't touched base with him a whole lot lately, but I, I if I remember right, it's going to be launching this summer and it's on the pride network and it's on, it's an app on like a smart TV, you know, when you have it yep. 
just the apps. So there's one called the Pride Network, and it's same thing. It's a lot of guys that guys and gals that like fishing and hunting, and and they they just do it for fun. I mean, you don't do it to to get rich off of it. You just do it to you know have fun with it and just share your experiences. And one thing that we're really like what I think kind of sets us out from a lot is that or the majority I feel like is that we're not, you know, it's just not all kill shots, not just like all the successful ones. It's like, we're going to throw in the bag too. Like the reality of hunting, you know, like exactly. So it's where it's just tough and you're going to fail. You're going to miss, you're going to make unethical shots or not unethical, but you're going to have those unethical incidents where it's like, man, that arrow hit real far back and we're not going to get this deer, you know, yeah. like stuff like that. It's going to, we're going to give you the raw reality of our stuff so i mean that's why i think it's like we're not just going to show all the good yeah you know, that, that's not hunting and fishing you know there's going to be there's going to be stuff that happens so just gonna yeah i mean that i think people appreciate that too because you watch like outdoor tv all it is with these people promoting right. what what they're sponsored by and then they'll show a kill shot and it's yeah. just not what it is i mean the work that gets put in behind the scenes like i think that's part of the reason media got so big is they they put in all the big bad and the ugly too and, and they show and they show like hey you know they hunt their butts off and sometimes they still can't steal the deal and they show that so like they they do it really well and, and hunting public does too but yep. it's fun to watch like those series like you know a day by day series so that's kind of what i do because usually when i'm out somewhere it's i'm out there three four days so i'll be like all right day one is what happens and then go throughout the, the whole thing and it's just fun to like watch like hey are these guys gonna be successful or are they just gonna really work hard and try all their different tactics and you know learn something from it you know, yeah that's why absolutely. I, I watch these guys and and their stuff on youtube then watch like actual tv like hunting shows yeah absolutely more real, yeah. more real. but uh i guess this year isn't as difficult as other years because you've been very successful this year in your turkey season yeah no i've been i've been lucky um and honestly I've, I've killed three turkeys now <clears throat> two tribal and one state tag and i had multiple opportunities to film my archery tag and my first sit went in blind and one of the most pressured uh places around to hunt turkeys with a bow and the smartest turkeys in my opinion in the state <laughs> and i had them i had two toms come in at at uh six and 10 yards and i missed four times from my bow and i was like oh, hey, what is going on because my, my to... i was i'm accurate with the bow yeah but found out you know shooting field tips to my broadheads they were not accurate they're not flying the same <laughs> like my broadheads are the same same grain everything but they're flying way low left by about a foot yeah yeah gotta uh my four yeah <laughs> and gotta I, get that I'm tuned up yeah i tested it when i was out at my camper you know and i was like well i missed last weekend so what can let's just see this i'll shoot a broadhead target and see and i'm like well oh, that explains why i shoot low left at these turkeys at under 10 yards oh man that just chaps you something you just I, overlook and just minute detail and i'll bring you back to reality real like, quick i was thinking i was like was my fletching thing the blind was i just like getting too nervous because this is my first sit of the year and i didn't have high hopes like i i filmed the whole thing i'm like yeah this is more just trying to learn i didn't really do a whole lot with this and just gonna go out and see what happens and then wow i had four shots and i fifted on all of them so yeah you just start thinking what what the heck what yeah happened? i'm shooting like this close like a one inch circle at 10 yards like what the heck yeah it just chaps you man but that's why it's hunting but yeah shotgun season that's been going really well so let's uh let's talk about those birds and let's break them down how's that sound shotgun birds yeah yeah let's start with your state tag tell us about uh what kind of terrain were you hunting for that so i'm i'm hunting along missouri river for that one i got a place out by the river where my family does and uh so we, I went out there um, by myself that, that first weekend, and uh, it was opener weekend. I actually had a lot of reports due, so I got done here in Brookings with that around 1 a.m. And I'm like, well, it's opener. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the hour or what, two and a half hour drive to the river. I'm gonna head out there, and 
go turkey hunt tomorrow morning. So I drive out there, <laughs> I get out there in the middle of the night, just sit in my truck at the, the parking spot for the public. And it's just straight up along the river and a lot of, a lot of thick cedars and cottonwoods in there. And I go to a spot where traditionally I would always see turkeys. And I mean, there's, it's limited where they roost. So I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, there's like five or six different roosts in this area, but there's one spot where it seems year after year they go there. Tell us about that spot. What makes that spot special? Honestly, I don't know. Cause there's, there's these, this group of hardwood or not hardwood, but uh, cottonwoods there. And then you go another 150 yards off down the river a little further, 200 yards. There's, you know, another group of trees. And then you go, you know, maybe another 400 yards and there's another little group of trees, but for there it's, it's set up in an L and that's closer to the corner. So I think it's, I don't know. I feel like they're there because they can go one way or they can go the other way or they can cross the road and there's, uh, there's fields, you know, cornfields and whatnot. So, I mean, I think it's just like a central located spot that. Okay. So like one way. Yeah. One way they can go, it's public. One way they can go is private. And then they have feed really close by too. It's, it's public both ways. Okay. One way it starts to get real hilly and mm-hmm. there's type river break type ground. And then yep. the other way it's, it's just flat, you know, and then you go away from the L and it's actually still public, but it's public like cornfields. And then it's just open prairie, just rolling. Okay. Fields, no trees or nothing. So maybe it's that conjunction of all the different terrain yeah. types coming together. Right. Yeah. It's, it's right in the middle of all of it. And, and obviously you have the water right there. You're right on the river. And, um, so, I mean, I usually try and set up as close or pretty close to them just so I can, you know, hopefully they can see my decoys and that can entice them to come my way instead of like, Oh, we're going to go this way today, you know? Right. So and, what were you running for decoys at this time? So I made the switch last year and I bought, I spent the money and I bought some DSD decoys and I am so glad I did. I mean, it's expensive, but I figured this is an investment and I'm never going to need to buy a decoy again. And I got a DSD strutter and then I just have a DSD feeding hen. And I have had more success over that one strutter decoy, even in May when they're not really fighting as much anymore. They're just, they don't really want to fight. They want to look for that lone hen. I've had more luck with that one DSD strutter than I have hunting all the seasons in my life. And so I was it- other people and the birds just lock onto it and they just want to fight it. Mm-hmm. So is that what happened this time too? Is they came into the strutter? No, uh, another hunter did. Another hunter did. Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> so, this is, I'll, I'll go real quick about this, but usually this is a little honey hole of mine and no one hunts there unless we usually bring them because no one, they overlook it. It's not a very big plot of ground. A lot of people overlook that stuff. And I was set up and I could hear traffic on the road because it's like, you know, a couple hundred yards away and it's dead quiet out. And, uh, yeah, I hear, or I look over and I see something, I just figure it's deer and it's 10 minutes before we can shoot. I can see the birds up in the trees playing as day. This guy walks, I'm, I'm 10 feet away or 10 yards away from my decoys. He walks between my decoys and me and he looks at me and then he looks up at the tree where the birds are at, looks back at me. And I like, I wave at him, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And then he walks towards the roost trees and cuts the distance in half from me to them and of course, spooked the turkeys up as soon as that he was pretty close. And as soon as that Tom hit the ground, there's only one Tom and a bunch of Jake's and, and hens. And as soon as that Tom hit the ground, he shot it. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, did that just happen? And I was pretty upset. And I'm like, well, might as well leave here. And I get out to get to my truck. And there's like six trucks on the road down here. And I never see more than six people here in a year. Like, Jeez. I was like, what in the heck is happening? And I mean, you've been down there. Yep. And yeah, there's nobody down there. Yeah. Like, I was just like, what in the heck? And I really don't tell a lot of people about this other than my friends and bringing friends there. And I was just like, I can't believe this. I'm like, this might be a rough weekend. And, uh, you know, I mean, when we would hunt, you know, it's the, like, I call it like public land etiquette. You know, like, if I see a truck, park that public land i'm not going to go in there because i don't want to set up on him or step on toes you know mm-hmm. i'm going to go i'm my fault i didn't get there early enough you know or whatever i'm going to go and 
find the next spot. You know, I'm going to go where no one's parked at because I don't want to, you know, make anyone upset. You know, I want them to have their hunt, you know, and um, I mean, some people like they'll have that argument, well, it's public land. I can go in, you know, it's my land too. I'm like, I'm all for that, but it's like, I can just, you know, maybe go down a little further, not right there. Yeah. So uh, how did you go from that to killing a turkey that day? So where did you go was, next? Let's start with that. I checked a lot of other public pieces and everywhere had a truck at it. Every parking lot had one or more trucks. So I was like, man, I'm not going to be the fourth or fifth truck here. I'm not going to walk where someone else is walking. And uh, I finally found one spot that had no vehicles at it. And I couldn't see, it was pretty wet and I didn't see any fresh tire tracks. So I went in there and I found, I just started walking ridges because it's probably 10 o'clock. So, I mean, usually from what I experience, if you're hunting areas that have river breaks and whatnot, those turkeys will go up into those ridges, you know, midday, afternoon. I don't know why, but it's just what I come to see. I, even back in Iowa, when mm -hmm. I was turkey hunting out there, middle day, like some people take it off. No, I just walk ridges because I see turkeys run across those ridges all the time. And they're always up there. And so I was walking ridges and I only found a couple of hens and I was trying to get them to call. Like I was, I was even owl hooting in the day and mm -hmm. anything to gobble back. But, um, I did find two hens, no Toms, no Jake's. Cause I'm not going to just shoot like Tom's I'll shoot a Jake. I, I don't feel guilty over that at all. I'm, I'm a meat hunter. I'm going to fill my tag. Now if it's like a, like a two by two little white tail buck. I'm probably not going to shoot that. I'd rather go shoot a big doe, you know, mm -hmm. like I, college student i'm living off this meat so i'm i'm not gonna shoot a little guy like whitetail or whatever but, but like a turkey if it's a jake you're gonna be just as good as that tom you know the only difference yep. is a little bit of breast size and then the beard and spurs but it's like i don't really care that much i'm in for the meat and uh yeah so i was prepared to shoot a jake if i had to but never had that opportunity so i was it was getting about lunchtime so i go back to my camper and and uh there's a little plot of public and it's just all open prairie. And I seen what th I thought was a turkey, but I actually was glassing up there because I was telling my friend, Zach Schwartz, I was saying, hey, we should go up there and shed hunt because I bet there's like, because you could see big rubs from the road. Mm -hmm. Go up and walk because I don't know if anyone's ever really walked in here. Enjoy deer hunts down there and you usually see some pretty good deer. And uh, so I look and I, it looks like there's a shed underneath one of these rubs. I'm like, holy crap, like that's a nice shed. I can see it from 300 yards away. But like I saw something else, but there's also those little cedars out there. And those little cedars always fool me for a turkey out there in the open prairie. You always see what you want to see. <laughs> Cedar turkeys. And, and I was like, well, it's a 50-50 shot. So I grabbed my turkey fan just to replace. I mean, it's fun to do it, but it's very dangerous. So you got to know where you're at when you're doing that and where other people are at. There's no vehicles down there. So I didn't have any worries. I didn't think anyone would be out there. So I grabbed that, my gun, and uh, and that was it. Because I was just mostly going for that, that shed and just to shed hunt around a little bit. And I'm coming up over this little hill and down in a little bowl, there's uh, a, one strutting tom, two hens, and then there's another male bird I couldn't tell. And I was within 100 yards of them. And I was like, oh crap. And I just dropped my bell. Like, like doing a burpee. I just dropped. <laughs> and I get that fan. I, I, I slowly pull my fan up and I'm like waving around. Like, did I just bust this? And I can see the the one male bird and the hen are coming towards me. And I took a video on my phone because I didn't have my camera. Because I try to bring my camera in everywhere with me. Even if it's just at, like that, just to get content. And and I had my phone. I took a little video and and I still can't tell if it was a Jake or Tom, but they're at like 15 yards in front of me. They cut the distance like pretty quick. Like it was only a minute and, and they cut the distance, but I could see there's the fan from the strutter back a little ways. And the, the two that were close, they, they spooked because I'm a big guy hiding behind a little <laughs> fan. They spooked when they got close and they knew something was off and they, you know, do their little couple putt putt and, fold their wings and they start walking away and Tom didn't. So I was like, well, by the time they get close to that bird, he's going to do the same thing. So now or never, and I got up and I, I took a shot and I rolled that Tom and I walked it out and it was 64 steps. 
he looked a lot closer, but I shoot a pattern master and I mean, I've killed turkeys pretty far with that. I wasn't the farthest shot I've ever taken on a bird, but, um, and killed, but that was pretty far. You know, I obviously like to shoot a lot closer than that, but I just figured it was the tough hunting. I wasn't seeing a lot of birds and the amount of pressure. This might be my only opportunity. And I was pretty discouraged. And I was talking to my brother and he was in a different unit further north and He's just like, don't worry about it. You always find a way. Like, I don't know how he's like, you always find a way. So stop worrying. <laughs> All right. And this is like 40 minutes before I go on this and I shoot him and I call him and he's like, he's like, he's like, he's happy for me, but he's also upset. He's like, why do you complain about this? You always get nervous. And then you always pull through. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> In the mindset, it's like, God dang it. I'm all the way out here. You know, these trips aren't cheap for me to be in a college gym and, you know, and it's like, I get nervous, like, yeah, I just wasted all this time and gas and should, shouldn't have been doing this, but the drive to do it, you know, I just got to get out there and do it. And it's like, I shot it, it was like 1230 in the afternoon and I got it and I was like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. Man. And then yeah, I helped, uh, that, that was it. That's how I got that bird. And then I just went up to my brother's unit that he was in with him and Trent and, uh, and we just bow hunted because they shot their gun tags that that day and then uh, sunday we just all sat in the blind um and a little spot that trent had and we were surrounded by birds and and we finally got some to come in we probably had a dozen gobblers around us in the open like we can see them all around us and we're in that double bull blind where you can see through yep and those turkeys didn't know that we were there or nothing but they were too hand up around us and and Trent eventually got a shot off on one, but we, uh, uh, it went to go high underneath the cedar and, um, it would have died if we gave it some more time, I think, but we bumped it out and then we looked for hours and we couldn't find it again. So mm, that's frustrating. Well, that is a, uh, very non-traditional way to get your bird, but that's an awesome story. That was my first, that was my first weekend gun hunting though. And I was just like, man, I can't believe I got it, but that was a great bird. Uh, I think it had around a 10 inch beard inch and a quarter spurs and nice spurs um nice nice beautiful fan so yeah it's an awesome bird so yeah good for you man so let's yeah. talk about uh let's talk about your tribal tags so tribal is new to me i've never done it before and actually through delta um i'm the co-chair for the delta chapter here in brookings um and through these delta guys they do you know, they go out and they hunt tribal ground. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a big turkey hunter, but I've never, never thought about tribal turkey hunting. So they actually invited me to go with them on their little, like, special turkey camp. And, uh, and you know, they warned me that there's a lot of jakes up there. And it wasn't like, they some of them had gone up, you know, the first few weekends. Because this wasn't until two weeks ago that we went, the end of April. <clears throat> and they hunted, you know, the first few weeks. And they said it was a little tough hunting up there. So I was like, okay, you know, so in my mindset, it's like, okay, if I get an opportunity to kill two jakes, cause I had two tags for the travel ground, I'm gonna take two jakes. And I have never hunted this area before. I went in blind and I just, there's so much ground to check. And when I got there on Wednesday night, I was just, all right, turkey's here, drop a pin on Onyx and keep going. Mm-hmm. And then when it got closer to the dark, I went to the one spot and there was four, four gobblers there and a couple of jakes and like i only saw like one or two hens and i roosted roosted them they're on private but the this little timber spot the fence line went right through the middle of it and they went in on the private side so i was like well maybe i'll get lucky and, and call call them in i don't know just just doing mm-hmm. it and you know they're, they're gonna come or they're not gonna come right so let's so you get there Wednesday night, your first night there. Haven't laid eyes on this ground before. You're just driving around, finding birds, dropping pens. Is that right? Yep. 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 So then, watching a small little area because they're spread out everywhere the ground is. And yeah, so I was just like, I'm going to focus right in this area. There's about 15 places to check. And mm-hmm. it's already, you know, 5 30, 6 o'clock. So just trying to look at it all and then, you know, focus. All right, here's my top like four spots I want to look at. This one had the most gobblers on it. So let's start there. And they're still there. So I'm like, I'm just going to put these guys to bed, you know, yep. and try to get a game plan for that. that piece okay. Of so then you roosted them. Let's yep. uh, tell us about the little bit of terrain where you roosted them. What was their, you know, trees, terrain type. Tell me about it. They're, uh, 
they're roosting up in some oak trees and it was a lot of like flat hay, hay ground. And there's one field that was dissed up and, um, but they're in that field. I figure they're probably in there picking at bugs or something, you know, and then, but they're also strutting and the toms are chasing each other. Like they are real aggressive. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, good morning to put out the strutter decoy mm-hmm. because if they're chasing being this aggressive. They're going to hone in on that decoy. And I, and, and I'll, I won't get too far ahead of myself, but, but yeah, I just, I figured, you know, I, it got dark and I'm owl hooting and they're gobbling, 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 like real aggressively up in those trees, but they're way off. I can't see where they're at because it's pretty decent sized timber piece mm-hmm. and it's in a ravine, a very steep ravine where this timber is. And then it comes out and it flattens out to like a tabletop like yep. just hit the field. And then private side had the field and then the tribal land had the, had the, uh, like the hay ground okay. and like grassy areas. And, um, so I was worried about that because I mean, they might go over there, but then again, it's like, this would be a great spot for them to strut early in the morning, you know, and do their little show. And I got, I tried to line from the road. I tried lining myself up perfectly with where I was hearing these gobbles just to kind of figure it out. It's like, I knew where on Onyx, there's a little point on the map where this trees kind of came out to a point and that's where mm-hmm. they went at. Like I know they're, they're in there and then coming from the road then I try and get direct to try and get a pin, like pinpoint spot of where they're roosting, drop the pin on it. And then of course they're about hundred yards away from the, the, the fence line that they need to cross for me. So I figured that's close enough and we're going to give it a try. And, and then I went to bed and I, honestly, I didn't have a whole lot of hope. I was nervous and I just figured they, they weren't going to want to do it. And uh, one of my buddies or two of my buddies, they didn't have anything lined up. And that first morning, so I said, Hey, you guys come with me. I found birds. They're on private, but there's a lot of travel around and, you know, we can split up. Cause I, if they were going to come over this way, there's too little, like, uh, from the big, big, uh, ravine there. And there's too little, like, I don't know, you'd call it like a, like a holler almost where it kind of slopes up. Okay. Gradually. And then it's just like, there's like a little U of trees from the, okay ravine then there'd be like a u of trees a u of trees and then it comes up slowly yeah so i said they're gonna come up this way or they're gonna come up this way i think if they come on our side so we just went up to one i went up to the other one we're 140 yards away from each other but it's super thick timber between us and yeah i just the the next morning it's real quiet and it's maybe 10 minutes before shooting line and then they finally like hear that 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 flock and just give her stop yelps and I didn't, I didn't do anything yet, but as soon as she got a little bit more vocal and the gobbler started going off, I started just, my, my trick is I just mimic that hen. Yep. I sound exactly like her and usually she'll start up again. Then I start up and then it goes quiet, they gobble and then she'll start up and then I'll, I'll start up and I'll, I'll cut her off actually. So like when she's doing her sequence, like that second, third yelp, I'll call over her and get real aggressive with it. And that usually will, from my experience that usually fires them up and that lead hen will get angry and she comes looking for me the hen that she's hearing and i've had it more times where that hen comes in and then the gobblers follow where it's like you're not calling the toms in you're calling that hen because she's mm-hmm. gonna bring the boys over so and, and what were you using for a call were you using mouth call slate call box call both i was using uh both uh, a mouth call and it was just like there's a pack of four at runnings and I, they're like $12, like cheap calls. Mm-hmm. Cause I couldn't find, I use Wood, Woodhaven calls. I really like them. And, and I didn't have, uh, I couldn't find them. And I searched my truck. I searched all my hunting totes. I couldn't find them anywhere. I don't know if I left them with my brother, like when I hunted with him last year, I couldn't find them. So I just figured I'd have that. And I was going back from that. And then I, my slate is my go-to call. And that's, uh, I can't remember the brand, but it's from, they're from Iowa, uh, like Cedar Rapids or Cedar Falls, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's a really great sounding slate. I love it. And I've used it for two years now. And it's like when they're on the roost trees, I'm, I'm using the slate because it's usually with the mouth call from my experience, it's like loud and they can, I don't think they like it, but the slate, it's really hard to, like it's pretty consistent and it's quiet, especially in that timber, it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And 
So it worked great with that. And then as soon as like I could hear them flying down, then I switched them off call so I can have my hand on the gun and I'm ready to go. But as I'm sitting here, I look up in my trees to my left of me and there's one bird up there. And I couldn't tell if it was a Tom, Jake, Hen, whatever. And he flies down after I hear all these other birds down. I'm like, well, he definitely saw me set up this morning because I got out there at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. Okay. But the moon was out, so it was bright. I didn't need a headlamp, and it was quiet. I got in there super quiet, but this bird definitely could have seen me mm-hmm. set up the whole time. What time was sunrise at this time? I think we could shoot at 6. Okay, so you got on there like an hour and a half before shooting light. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wanted to, because, you know, there's other people hunting this ground too. Like, there's a lot of people around, so I want to be out there as early as possible. And I don't care. I'll get out there early and I'll sit in the truck for a half hour, 45 minutes, you know, get like mentally prepared, you know, not be have a sleep and forget stuff, you know, like make sure I got everything, take my time with it. Um, but yeah, no, I, and I get out there and I'm like, man, he, he, this bird probably saw me. So he's going to walk away or she's going to walk away and I'm going to be, you know, out of this hunt early. And actually, um, it was a Tom. It was one of those times, I guess he, wasn't allowed with the rest of them so he had to go off on his own and, <laughs> but i didn't know it at the time and then all of a sudden i'm just sitting here and i like well he's on the ground i turn my camera on it's sitting next to me and then i look over and here he is coming out half strut and he runs right past my hand decoy because i have about eight feet apart from each other and he ran right past the hen not a care in the world and went right to my strutter and he puffed up and he was just dancing around it, picking at its head, spurring at it. I've got some pretty incredible video of it. And it was at like 15 yards in front of me. And I would just call at him because the birds are on the ground. The other birds are on the ground and hens and they're talking like crazy. So mm-hmm. I'm using my call calling at him. He doesn't even care about me. And I was wearing this green sweatshirt and I <laughs> I didn't think about taking it out because it was really cold. It was like mm-hmm. 40 degrees and our upper 30s. 40 it was cold and all i had was like base layer like sippy clothing and that doesn't really keep you too warm you know they have a layering system for their stuff and i was wearing this on top so i i stuck out i'm standing or i'm up against a tree in some yellowish grass so i'm like oh my god what the heck i forgot to take my sweatshirt off before <laughs> like oh i'm busted i'm sitting out in the open you know and he didn't care at all he was only focused on that decoy and I was calling to them because I was like, hey, I'm going to try to get the rest of the flock up here because I have two tags. If I can double out in the first morning, that's fine. I'll do that and I can help other people, you know, fill their tags. There's 24 people at this turkey camp. It was huge. Jeez. And most of them have the res tags or they have the or state tags up there. And, you know, it's like I'll, I'm more than willing to help scout mm-hmm. and help other people share pins. So um, I was like, if I take out, great. My worry is over and then I can just help people out. And yeah, I, I just called them. They, they just weren't coming. And then I tried to zoom in on the camera, get a little close up of that, that Tom in front of me and, and he caught me, but he wasn't too spooked yet. He just went, you know, stuck his head up, looked around, just, just walking away. And, and I shot him, but those birds still didn't care that mm-hmm. I shot their goblin. They were starting to move away. And then I got real aggressive with my calling. And then that hen was bringing them back towards me. They came back. But they're down in this deep ravine, so they can't see me. Mm-hmm. And they don't see what happened. And they're working up. Like, I can hear the drumming from the times down below. I'm like, yep. oh, gosh. I've never been up front. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's about to happen. It's going to – they're going to come up. So, let's go back just a little bit. When you say we didn't get real aggressive with your calling, what do you mean? Were you, like, cutting off the that flock cam, pissing her off? Throwing out some real crazy stuff, you know, pop, pop, yep, 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 pop, 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 pop. And then stop, like, her, yep, yep, like, just throwing everything out there. And I was mouth calling. I was using my slate to sound like a couple hens, you know, just throwing everything in the playbook at them. And because I could tell they're getting further and further away. The gobbles were getting quieter and quieter. And they're working down this ravine. And they actually came back. So then I took the mouth call and I just started working with the slate because they can't see me. And I, you know, I positioned myself for this way um, because when they come up, they're going to see this dead bird that's still somewhat flopping around. And, uh, uh, you know, like the after death reflexes, you know, flying at the fan, beating the wings or whatever, and rolling around. And it's it's such a steep drop off that as soon as their head comes up, that's when you're gonna have to take that shot. 
Mm-hmm. I positioned for it and I can hear the drumming and I'm getting ready and I can see the hen head pop up and she notices that and then tucks down, gone. And they're gone. Never got a chance at them again. Oh, man. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. That was so awesome. And my buddy that was with me, he has, he's a great photographer and he took some pretty amazing uh, pictures and uh, of that morning with that bird. And then after that, I said, well, I'm going to keep scouting around and just hopping spot to spot. Oh, here's a couple of times here. I didn't think about making moves on them at all and just drop pins, drop pins because they're all in the open. There's no way I can make a move like trying to reap them or turkey fan them, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm drop pins, just keep going. And I'm almost back to the camp and I see this is bird two now. And I see a fan up along a cattail slough. And I was like, what in the heck? <laughs> and it's an alfalfa field. And I drive back to see if I can see it again. I can't see it. And I see a bunch of geese out in this alfalfa. So I was like, well, I'm going to reap it. And I'm either going to sneak up on a bunch of geese or there's going to be turkeys down here on this corner. And I get out there and I've got my GoPro on my hat. And there's two male birds out there like 80 yards in front of me. And they charge me. I gave like three soft yelps and they were putting their wings out and they're, you know, doing this like wobbling while they're running. They were <laughs> trying to get to me as soon as possible. And I was like, holy crap, you're going to beat the crap out of me. <laughs> like he got in the video, you can see he's about five feet in front of me before I jump up and then he stops and like turns and starts running away. But he, if I didn't get up, I think he would have came up and started spurring me. <laughs> so, it was crazy. I've, I've reaped a lot of birds too and that was the most aggressive that i've ever had it and i was so nervous i was like oh i'm gonna biff this somehow like a chip shot at five feet i'm gonna miss it but i got up on my knee and so i can make a good shot you know i've got all time in the world because it's just open out for the running through and uh the birds were running like the two of them were running right in line so if i shoot them it hit too so i had i had to wait and they eventually split and i shot the one on the right ended up being a jake it wasn't the time the other one was tom that's all right i didn't care but i was just like the experience was the coolest like that yeah. was the best part. So i don't care if it was tom or jake like that was cool like anyone would be thrilled that that happened you know like just to get that close and catch it all on video too yeah that's really cool but then that was the end of my my gun tags that I drew this year, and I spent the rest of the time helping other guys get on birds. And I think we got two more two more birds down between like those other two that were with me that first day. But I think out of the whole camp in total, I think we got twenty four or twenty five turkeys out. Wow, that's awesome! And I tell you what, even living with you during college, somehow you become the luckiest sob there is every time. <laughs> it's just- yeah asking permission for stuff yeah i don't know uh, i can just talk to people i guess yep. I mean, well yeah you have the gift you know, of gab and you can talk someone's head off. <laughs> yeah, oh, can, and you I got that talk. real friendly bearded smile that just warms people up <laughs> yeah and i can talk your ear off for hours and then i have to realize like all right i'm annoying them at this point now like i gotta shut up <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome uh, yeah i don't know it was that was my first time i went in blind you know just took everything I knew from hunting elsewhere and applied it there. And I was successful, you know, I mean, even though it's reaping a turkey isn't the most traditional way of doing it. And sometimes it's the only play you have, you know, cause I don't know where these birds are roosting cause there's no trees. It was literally sloughs everywhere mm-hmm. and small grain fields or alfalfa hay fields, you know, like, I don't know where they came. They came from miles away. They had to, there's no trees around. So that's awesome man good for you sounds yeah, like a great season and you still have your archery tag left right not my archery tag because i tried that i don't know if we talked about that yet or not but i was hunting second weekend of the season or during the week before gun opener oh yeah when you shot the four times or was that a different time yeah no that was it yeah I okay yeah we talked about that <laughs> yeah yeah so, so what's your plan for that going forward you got what just about a month left yeah so like i I was going to turkey hunt last week and try and fill that somewhere um but had that that regional meeting up at devil's lake so took time for that um and then 
uh, now it's finals now. And then I start work on Monday and I got to move this weekend. So my finals lineup that I have Thursday and Friday open and my buddy just got back from his, I think it was a seventh month, seven month or eight month deployment overseas. And while he was overseas, we were still communicating and he's never killed a turkey before. And I said, Hey, get one for my camper. We usually are successful. And he applied for his turkey tag while he was on his deployment. <laughs> and we planned it out perfectly. And uh, he, he got, he drew the tag and this is before, this is back in February, I think is when they do that. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah, so he deployed, he got that and it wasn't until I went out there and opened, I'm like, man, this is going to be tough hunting here this year, but I was, I still managed to be successful. So we're going to go out there actually, um, on Wednesday night or Thursday morning, I believe, because he's doing all this post deployment stuff. And uh, we're going to try and get out there to my place out there. He's going to have his gun tag. I'm going to have my bow tag, but obviously I'm going to let him have his first shot yep. at anything, you know, like it's more for him, you know, yep. just really want to get him on a burden, you know, and I haven't seen him since it was early last year. It was the last time I seen him. So, I mean, this will be the first time I see him since his deployment. So it's just going to be a really fun, fun couple of days getting back with him. And then if we can get a bird, that's just icing on the t- icing on the cake. And then if I can get a crack at the bow, so be it. But if not, I'm not worried. I've got plenty of time. I'm going to be up in Webster. There's tons of great public around. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say great. It's limited. But if you do your homework, you can find the birds. I mean, when you find them, it's usually really good. But you got you to put on miles. Yeah, and they're not always vocal, but if you can get into them and you know, it's probably gonna be good for you. Yeah. Well, if anybody can pull it off, it'll be you. Yeah. So I've got I've got spots up there that I know I can check. I don't know if they're gonna be birds, but in the past I've had birds, so I'll I'll save it for the weekends up there. And I mean, hopefully, hopefully I can get one, but we'll see. If not, I'm not too worried. I've got three birds already this year, and I'm completely happy even if i got one bird i'm happy to look yeah you've had a stellar season so uh any advice going forward for anybody who is still looking to fill their turkey tags this year i mean we've got a month left in south dakota so what would you tell them so usually at this time of year a lot of turkeys they're not wanting to bite a whole lot i mean right now they still are but getting down like the last two weeks of may three weeks of may like i wouldn't have you know maybe a jake decoy but i wouldn't throw starters out anything just a lone hen because those times they're not wanting to fight they're just wanting to breed those last hens and uh you know definitely put boots on the ground do a lot of scouting i love doing some e-scouting um you know really scout that's the more successful you're going to be is the more like you like you can compare to you know scouting more whereas not scouting a lot like the more you scout the more your success rate is going to be so scout 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 and then you know, don't be just hunting till like eight, nine o'clock midday is like the best time this late season. In my opinion, at 10 o'clock to like three o'clock, that's where you're going to get those times looking for that lone hen. And, you know, just try, I mean, even when we were hunting, uh, during the day, I was owl hooting during the day. And usually people don't do that until they're up in the roost or early in the morning. I was owl hooting during the day and getting them to shot gobble. I couldn't get them to, to gobble back at calling like turkey calls slates and my mouth calling i owl hoot and they would gobble so just try try different things you know i would ne- never guess trying to shock make them shot gobble in the middle of the day mm-hmm. it worked you know i was able to find birds so you know try try doing some stuff like that you know and I mean, you got you guys got time yet so so breaking it down scout put in the work use a single hand yeah. Don't be afraid to try something new. Yeah. Pull out those tricks. You Sounds know. good. Do something maybe non-traditional that you never know. It might work. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to try new things. Awesome. So going forward, uh, how can people follow along with all your lucky hunts and all your hard work that you're putting in? Well, on my personal stuff, I have uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's just John Nero's. It's probably be the only one up there. Um, and then also like the, the videos, um, I mean, I'll share them, but it'll be on backwards redemptions, Facebook page and it's backward redemption for the Instagram. Just 
I think it's backwoods.redemption, same as my name, john.mayros on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they can follow through with that. And then, um, yeah, if, if you guys are interested in watching, we'll have those videos up on YouTube as well, but they'll be airing on the Pride Network, uh, I believe this summer. I, like I said, I don't know when the contract starts with, with them, but I believe it's this summer. And I mean, we've got the two years to fill up however many episodes we want in there, you know? So like I said, if, if you don't have a smart TV to watch it on there, they're going to be on YouTube. So um, we would love the, the support. And I mean, uh, when people say like, comment, like, comment and subscribe, like I'm not like one of those guys, but we do like to read comments. We like to learn, you know, like, Oh, what did the people not like? Like, what do they want to see more? You know, we try to be real diverse with, you know, like what we're, species we're going after you know trying to do it do it all you know so some someone wants to see something send us a message and, and we'll try our hardest to bring it to you you know so awesome and i'll put all the handles down in these show notes for those of you who do want to follow along um but john thanks for coming on i really appreciate it we'll, yeah uh, probably again have you on at some point maybe to talk about delta waterfowl since you are the co-chair which yeah um, yeah Dad, or we'll talk to someone else but we'll have you on again i'm sure we will yeah or yeah even talk to joey with the pheasants forever i mean there's a lot i mean they're all they all have the same goal you know to do better yep. you know conserve the land but they all have different missions and you learn a lot from them absolutely well thanks for coming on john i really appreciate your time and it's awesome yeah. to hear your stories from this year yeah thank you and that is a wrap just like i said earlier it's just fun to talk to the guy and the passion just seeps out when he talks and it just cracks me up um he's been a great friend but head over give john a follow his handles in the show notes as well as backwoods redemptions uh handle give them a follow on instagram and follow along with their tv show when it comes out on the pride network or on youtube uh, but i'll keep this extra real short thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed it until next time i wish you all luck as you get out and take advantage of all the opportunities South Dakota has to offer. Get out there and enjoy them. Thanks, everybody.